0: What's up everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Chase, the Outdoors Podcast. Today I have a two-part episode about selecting the right pack and what you need to be fully prepared on your trip to the mountains and even further beyond that in the back country. So I got my good friend, Josh Kirchner with me today, the dialed in hunter. And hopefully we bring you guys some information that you can, uh, that could, you could better prepare yourself for the upcoming hunting season. Uh, for us right now, it's, it's midsummer and we're transitioning. It's, it's kind of like elevated scouting season for us right now. I mean, there, there is technically you got some mountain lion and some predator hunting, uh, little bit of bear but other than that I think right now you're scouting.
1: Yeah you bet I'm, I'm out there pulling trail camera SD cards and setting cams up and doing lots of glassing and looking <laughs> for food and doing all this fun stuff.
0: Yeah I, I think statewide most people are doing that I mean we do have some forest restrictions going but uh, for the most part like I said we're, we're full draw scouting season right now um, but excited to have you in man I know you just went out on a little cameras talking about scouting you just went out to set some cameras you guys had a mountain lion encounter you want to you want to maybe tell that story real quick
1: yeah yeah i went out uh been doing tons of scouring on google earth looking for water and stuff right now arizona's really dry so um water is kind of everything right now so i had a plan to go do some glassing in the morning and then i was going to drop down and put my camera up and while we were glassing my my uh buddy cody he's like i got a cat (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, like yeah.
0: he's, my, uh, but it's hard to find bobcats. Probably what you're thinking, but for good sure. for this guy. Yeah, Oh no,
1: yeah, for sure. And for the record, like uh, Cody's a ve- a very new Western hunter, so right away, like I'm like, oh, y- you saw a bobcat? You yeah, know, you know what I mean. So I get. So up, she says
0: cat. You're probably not thinking mountain lion.
1: Yeah, no. So I <laughs> I go over there and I get in my binoculars and stuff, and I'm like, oh my goodness, dude, that's a mountain lion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, I saw I saw the video of that, and I, it like got me fired up just seeing the video of that thing moving. And we were talking earlier, like they walk with with so much confidence, yeah. they just they own the land. Yep, Super yeah, I neat. mean
1: definitely the ultimate predator in the mountains like i think i think all of us whether you're a bow hunter rifle hunter doesn't matter we can all learn something from mountain lions yeah
0: you know i was gonna say it's it's kind of ironic here we are talking about going to the mountains and being prepared and sure enough he just didn't happen to have the mountain lion tag of the rifle and it's like it seems to be it's like (laughs) of course you know it's like if you went out to the mountains with your tag and your rifle looking for that lion you ain't gonna see him but the one time you go and you're just kind of trying to have a good time it's like Oh, man, here we go. Yeah, you know.
1: and, and I, might I add, it wasn't a, it was a small mountain lion. So. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: you can find, uh, to kind of piggyback on what you just said, you can find Josh, uh, the Dialed In Hunter, on Instagram, Facebook. He does have some really good articles he puts out. And your blog website is dialedinhunter.com?
1: Yep, just dialedinhunter.com, that's it.
0: Cool, man. Very good. Well, I wanted to get into... You're pretty much the most prepared hunter I know as far as like <laughs> just looking into, you go deep into it. So the preparedness level is the first thing I noticed when I went out with you, kind of how organized you had everything set up, how you had your pack, um, how you planned out your hunts. So I thought you'd be a perfect fit to come in here and give our listeners some advice on picking the right pack and what you need to take. You know, in, in my opinion, obviously it's all relative when you're you're picking a backpack, but I've gone through the struggle of looking online, and I've told you before, I've searched um, everything for what's the best hunting pack, what should I take in my pack. I know from firsthand experience, especially I'm like a budget-driven hunter, Mm -hmm. right? I only have so much money to put into uh, my gear, my pack. There's a lot of variables I had to consider. It's like, what am I going to be hunting? Where am I going to be hunting at? You know what is the price point for when I'm purchasing this pack. So for me, it was really important when I bought a pack. I want something that serves as my my day pack. That is also I could turn into uh, an elk hunting pack. That I could turn into something to a backpacking pack. What are some things when you, if you're looking into getting a new pack, like right now I know you're using the EXO pack system, same as me. But let's say you didn't know the EXO pack. Let's say you didn't have. Uh, maybe the budget to buy the XO pack or Mm -hmm. you're just starting out and you want to buy a new hunting pack what are some things that you might consider just first and foremost when you're purchasing that pack
1: yeah so obviously probably for most people like budget is going to be the biggest thing right and i hate to be the bearer of bad news here but like (laughs) bring it serious no seriously like i've gone through the whole budget pack thing right okay. and i've
0: i've been not to cut you off there i've done the same thing like okay i'm just gonna buy the pack i can get yeah it's not always the best choice
1: and and let let me t- let me say like there's budget packs out there you're it's not like you're gonna not be able to go hunting right like they're gonna serve the purpose 100 percent. but the thing that i noticed with the with the more cheaper packs is there usually doesn't there's usually not like a good suspension system okay it's not well thought out the weight distribution is kind of right wonky um i had a pack uh, i think it was my second pack um right when i put it on it was as if you lit a fire on my hips yeah and yeah it was cheaper okay but do you want to do you want to go through that every time you go hunting
0: right you know what I mean and if you're just putting it on without the weight yeah. so so how it fits your body right is something Ab- you're going to consider absolutely. um a big element of what i wanted from experience and i'm with you i've i kind of have done i've done every type of pack like your backpack style that mm-hmm. is very small the rudimentary just basic camouflage backpack and all the way up mm-hmm. but i have learned having something with a support system uh with the frame like mm-hmm. what sold me on the XL was the K2 titanium frame mm-hmm. that thing is rugged and it is lightweight So whatever your budget is, whatever you're trying to purchase, I'm really encouraging guys to find something with a frame, like an internal frame built in, and ideally something uh, with the lumbar pad system, something to where, and if people don't know what that means, it's basically a system to redistribute the weight Mm -hmm. and kind of recenter the gravity. At least that's how I understand it.
1: Well, like when it comes to the suspension system, there's some packs out there. uh, Load lifters, in my opinion, are incredibly important. And if you don't know what that is... It's those straps that are towards the top of your frame that angled they're supposed to angle down towards your shoulders. Right. Some packs, this how they're designed, they're. it's just, it's not functional.
0: I know what the load lifters are because those are the ones my buddies always come and correct. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> that's what's going to bring the load in tight to your back. It's going to lift the weight off of your shoulders. Um besides the suspension thing i think i think something that's super important to look at if you, you're you looking for a backpack is what type of hunting are you looking to do
0: right and out west i notice it's certainly different than what they're doing midwest or or back east right. and before we did the show today before i even saw you today i was researching trying to find um just some what are people buying right now and i searched you know top five packs 2018 or best hunting backpacks 2018 the the leads i got were pretty interesting but one factor i was thinking is like you know a lot of these guys might not need the same framework system that we do but again that's going back to my point is i want something that's going to be really Mm multi-use um so a lightweight pack something that I'm going to consider right away. Mm-hmm. Does it have a frame system? Is something else I'm going to consider? How that load fits on my body mm-hmm. is something I'm going to consider.
1: Is the, sorry to cut you off, is the torso length adjustable? Is the torso length adju- that, adjustable, that's correct. That's really important. Right. Because so you don't want to go buy a pack and then, oh, well, you, you're kind of screwed wherever it is, right? Um, yeah, I was just, there's a big difference between, you know, if you're in the Midwest or you're, you're in the West, East Coast, whatever. I just talked to a gentleman that just moved here from Pennsylvania um, been a whitetail hunter his whole life. And we were sitting there talking about an Exo mountain gear pack and he had, he told me, he's like, I've never needed something like that ever. To I put their meat
0: because in a lot of those places, those guys can get trucks or other ATVs right to their animal.
1: And they just drag the deer. Right. Out here, it's different. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, ask yourself what kind of hunting are you looking to do? Are you, are you looking to hunt in a tree stand? Are you looking to, are you going to backpack hunt? Are right. you... Are you just looking for something to get away from the truck for the day? Um, that's all. That's all relative, man. You need you need to think about that stuff.
0: Space is big. Most packs are measured by cubic inches. Mm-hmm. I found that I need two to two thousand to four thousand cubic inches has always worked for me. Mm-hmm. So that usually lands me at the thirty-five hundred. Um, I like the thirty-five hundred because for my day-to-day hunting. I'm the type of guy where I'm probably going to be stationed out of a camp. That's just kind of how I do it. I'm going to have my regular camp, but I need to get in there, take my binoculars, my tripod, all of those essentials, which we'll get into. I want it all to fit in one bag, but at the same time, be able to have space for meat on the way out. Sure. It is the 3,500 in my experience is just enough to backpack hunt. I mean, everything is really tight. I mean, are you using the 3,500 or are you using more right now?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm using the 3,500 as well. Personally, um, I can get nine days out of the thirty five hundred.
0: You're a little bit more you're a little bit more prepared <laughs> in getting your stuff together, which is kind of why I wanted to bring you in here because I'm sure I'm gonna have some stuff to learn from. So sure. With that being said, um, once you found the right pack, what exactly are you taking on your trip? uh, what's in the bag, do you have a checklist that you're going over, let's, let's discuss some of the essentials that, that you are taking with you every day on your hunt, um, not back country, I'm talking fundamentals, maybe you're just, you're going out like you just did, you're, you're setting cameras, what are you taking with you?
1: So, um, water, <laughs> <laughs> um, I might be so obsessed with water, because that we, Aaron and I are fortunate enough to live here in the desert, uh, so water is like gold for us, but, right. Uh, definitely, definitely. A wa- uh, I use a three-liter water bladder. Okay. Um, and I'll use that for backpack hunting too, just so I don't have to filter as much. Okay. Um, besides that, dude, I'm I'm bringing a tripod with me. I run a Slick Pro Three. Um, it's not carbon; it's aluminum. <laughs> Something kind of funny. I did a I weighed out the carbon version of the tripod. And the aluminum, the aluminum is actually lighter. So. I just
0: bought, it's funny that you say that, I just <laughs> bought a carbon fiber tripod, and it was right before we went on the the backpacking hunt. Yeah. And I was like, just care, I was all pumped up, and like, yeah, I got this new carbon fiber tripod, and I'm like, oh, kind of got to think, what does my old aluminum weigh? And yeah. I went and weighed it out, and the aluminum one weighed less. I said, yeah. oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. you can find, tripods are interesting for me, because talk about having the money to purchase something, mm-hmm. man, tripods are they range anywhere from 70 bucks to like 500. Yeah. It's like what what is the right one for me? And personally, it's like, okay, I can muster up the courage to buy a $600 pack or yeah. however much it's going to cost. I can I can get that because it is a very important item. Mm-hmm. I have done the uh, economic side for tripods and right now I'm kind of buying off brands or things like that just to kind of compare and, you know, it's just funny like you said. Yeah, the aluminum one that I thought was not very good, ended up being lighter. I said, maybe I should have just like replaced the head on it or right, something like that. Yeah. Okay, so you got water, you got your tripod, obviously your binoculars. Um for me, I'm gonna add something in there, the first aid kit. The, oh
1: yeah, sure. I mean
0: the first aid's a no brainer, not only for, for safety purposes, but I'll give you an example. One time I was glass and I accidentally kicked my tripod over. And my binoculars hit the ground, and I snapped the adapter that I had in half. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, great. So I was bummed. You know, I got all the way back to my spot, and I just wanted a glass. I ended up using my first aid kit to splint my tripod adapter, use the tape in there, there put it back together so I could sit in glass. So nice. um, in that first aid kit, think about tools that you might need. Like in my first aid kit, I will include... The little, uh, the little Allen wrench for mm-hmm. my binoculars. The little lens cleaner for my binoculars. Um, anything else that we probably take with us? Go there, ahead.
1: There's some... Um, so you can make your own. Okay, is it is that what you're doing? You're making your own first aid kit.
0: i so I bought a first aid kit and okay. then I enhanced it okay, more okay. or less. So you can find those. Like yeah. I just found mine on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's uh, so I use a uh, just a one-person adventure medical kit. Um, you can find them for like ten bucks. They come with you know, you had ibuprofen, some band aids, medical tape, right? Just some essential stuff. You don't need like a ton. There's a lot of dudes, um, they'll just kind of make their own, and their first aid kit consists of ibuprofen, duct tape, and <laughs> that's really <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, um, first aid definitely don't don't go out there without first aid. That could, uh, that could save your life. Save I'm kind of
0: going over my head, bare essentials. One thing I would also say is a headlight. in the bag you know don't forget that um i'm the kind of the same way with tripods i'm budget driven on any of this Mm -hmm. equipment Mm -hmm. so i'm like the economical hunter i'm not gonna go spend a ton of money on a high-end headlight but i'm jealous of the guys that have them i mean they totally make a difference if you could get one with the right lumens and the right power sure um it comes to tracking blood at night having a good light is super critical And i think a lot of people undervalue that aspect until you're in a position where you don't have good enough light to track blood
1: right and Aside from tracking blood, I know we're not talking about backpack hunting right now, but if you're away from the truck, you soon realize how valuable light is when the right. sun goes down. So, so yeah, definitely having a good headlamp is, uh, is a must for me. I, I actually bring two light sources with me. Um, one of them is a headlamp black diamond I think it's the spot right um, And another one I just I bring a little black diamond lamp to hang in my tent. You know okay. wh- that's whether i'm backpack hunting or not it's just like it's just nice to have if i want to read or something like that
0: yeah my so later on i kind of wanted to get into some of our favorite items but i'll spoil mine right now my favorite item to take is i have this little battery powered okay so it's a plug-in you charge in light mm-hmm. um has a couple of different channels on it so light dark or er, not very bright really bright and extremely bright sure okay but it also serves as a power bank. Oh, cool. So for me, it's lightweight, it's a flashlight, and I get the multi-purpose with the power bank, and it's waterproof.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Any of my hunts, like now, I'm starting to find uh, whether it's cameras that I'm using, you know, that power bank, I could just about plug anything in and charge it. So mm-hmm. it's critical for me to find something where I could store it. Or if you're in the back country, you want to get your phone some juice. Mm-hmm. Just having the light multi-purpose is perfect sure. for me. So I'm taking two lights as well. I got my headlight. And this thing, um, again, found it on Amazon, the Economic <laughs> Hunter. But I got this thing for you know $15 on Amazon, and it holds you know 10,000 mAh, which is about five full phone charges. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I found out too is I just got some some new walkie-talkies, and these walkie-talkies can be charged. Same USB plug into that. So there's nothing worse than being out in the field, and you're like, oh great, the walkies are dead. Well, yeah. boom, you could plug them in and get juice. So, are we missing any other essential items?
1: Uh, how about how about a kill kit?
0: a kill kit yeah absolutely so I I keep my kill kit in like a bright red cinch bag mm-hmm. the kill kit is something I created mm-hmm. I got the latex gloves in it yep we got my skinny knife with backup blades um, I use a the type of knife where you can replace the blade mm-hmm. I think is popular for a lot of people right now yeah, yeah. Um, game bags or trash bags um, I actually use unscented trash bags okay. for my game meat because I find that they don't leak blood uh they don't leak blood on the pack mm-hmm. um also kind of contain it a little bit better once i get it to the ice you know keeps the meat if you don't rip it keeps the meat from getting wet so
1: um wow that yeah we're, we're pretty different on that line. you got a game bag You yeah, use the absolutely. game bag system yeah so i so my knife uh past few years i've used replaceable blade mm-hmm. knives uh both i used a havilon for a while that i'm with it. the
0: outdoors edge right now is the uh, one i'm using
1: the havilon was so incredibly scary sharp I cut myself a few times and I actually stopped using it so um, but yeah then I ran <laughs> then I ran the outdoor edge I've been running the outdoor edge uh, razor Pro I think it's called yeah, um, it's the exact one I'm using Super cool knife. Um, this year... So, is
0: that not a good sharp knife, then? It... It, no, it's sharp. It's just not as... It's not, as, not as surgically there's sharp as a saying, an old saying, an old-timer told me once, it's not... You don't own the knife until you cut yourself with it. Yeah, well,
1: I've... Yeah, I've owned that, my Havalon, very well. Then. <laughs> very well. Um, the, uh... So, this year, I actually moved to a fixed blade that I'm going to try out. Okay. I'm going to do a... Uh, Benchmade, the Hidden Canyon Hunter, just a little guy. Uh, So
0: you're going to pick up one of the small backpacking sharpeners? Yep. Okay, so I have one of those, and they're actually really neat. I find myself using it in the kitchen every once in a while, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're really lightweight, diverse. That's a good tool, I guess, you could add to this list. If you're using one of those type of knives, you need to to know how you're going to sharpen that knife in the field.
1: Absolutely. Anything
0: Um, else you got in your kill kit?
1: Yeah, so I'll have uh, a little bit of paracord in there. Just to, just to help out with, um, with hanging meat. Uh, most of the time, the, I hang it with just the game bag. I use tag bags. Okay. So there's a draw cord on there, which has always... I've never had any issues with those breaking, just hanging, hanging piles of meat in the That's tree. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: I don't got the paracord in mind, but maybe something I can add. Well,
1: yeah. Some guy like, you take care of an animal by yourself. So yeah. Sometimes it's beneficial to be able to take some paracord, tie paracord to the back leg, say and then tie that to a tree it's almost like you got an extra hand exactly yeah exactly
0: kind of that position you're finagling an animal around it's really nice to have somebody with you but i've been there skinning animals by myself it's like oh man you kind of got the you know you got the leg halfway through your legs you're trying to get the right angle it's not easy or
1: uh even you know when you're attached say you you know you kill a nice buck or something attaching the head to the pack you can use the paracord to cinch that down even more if you need to so
0: other than our kill kit, I'm trying to think of some more essentials. Uh, but I think we got that pretty well covered. I mean,
1: um, well, I mean, rain gear. I usually have rain gear with me. In, in Arizona,
0: backpack. I found it's relatively easy to predict the weather. Yeah. But if I have any doubts, I'm just taking, I use the the shells, like the foul weather shell uh-huh. uh, shells. A lot of people, I think they call like, some people use them for duck hunting, I think, is kind of how they're advertised. But I like those because they're so lightweight. And usually I just take the top. I have waterproof pants that I'm wearing most of the time. But I'll usually just take that top and throw in there just because you can compress them to, you know, such a small size. And they don't weigh anything. Mm-hmm. Do you
1: run a, uh, something that I run that you haven't mentioned yet, do you have a little makeshift survival kit with you?
0: Be more specific, like ferro rod type yeah. stuff? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I used to. For a little while, I was kind of into just, like, making my own fire. So I was taking the ferro rod. That is about the extent of it. Like, to me, I, I actually keep my ferro rod in my first aid kit. And that's what I was kind of getting at earlier about enhancing the first aid kit. Like, first aid doesn't have to mean Band-Aids and stitches. It's just like, sure, I'll keep random things. Like, I got some backup batteries or mm-hmm. chapstick, um, tweezers, or my ferro rod. I kind of keep all that stuff contained in my first aid kit. Mm-hmm. And, I you know, I kind of got one with the shell so it doesn't get crushed. But, yeah... Not completely survival kit, like a, you, do you have like a shelter or something in yours or uh, emergency blanket type deal?
1: Yeah, yeah, I just have like a little, like a, I think mine comes with a little emergency blanket. <laughs> um, but mine is mostly, uh, I have a flint in there, just fire starting stuff. I have some tinder. Um, I, maybe, maybe I've run Vaseline soaked cotton balls before. Okay. You know, if I need to start a fire or something like that. Does that actually worked pretty well? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely.
0: The first time... Waterproof matches? Yeah, you the know? first time me and my buddy started a fire with our ferro rod, it was like, I just pictured, like, I was like the caveman, you know, oh, dancing yeah. around, we're like, oh, yeah, we did it, you know. It was, like, was kind of interesting to do that. I mean, I'd imagine at this point in your career you've done that, but yeah. I had a blast the first time, you know, sitting there, you're getting oh, that yeah. little spark rolling. That's something I think people should do, that you feel so much more connected just to kind of do that once. And then it gets old, you know. It's no, like, oh, oh, I'm sure. going to start a campfire. I'm going to just use whatever tools I got in front of me. Sweet, man, let's... Uh, you have anything else you want to add to yeah. the essentials? I see you pulling up the checklist now. Yeah, so now I I'm do. getting a little bit... I was hoping you did that a little bit earlier, but let's I, see what I else do. you got. So
1: uh, I always have a toiletry bag with me, whether I am okay. backpacking or, or not. Okay, excellent point. Are you
0: a wet wipes?
1: Uh, no, I'm not. Not a wet wipes. No. Interesting. I'm a dry guy.
0: I'm a dry guy. <laughs> I am the same, but some guys are like, yeah. it's only wet wipes. It's going to be the only thing that they're going to be using right. on their setup.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and then... This is kind of, this kind of bleeds into the backpack, the backpacking thing. I always have a Garmin inReach with me. Okay. So it serves both as a GPS as, w- as well as a communication device. So I have that with me, whether I'm backpacking or not. Just so, I mean, like yesterday, I, you know, I went and set a trail camera. I marked that on my GPS and that's that, right? So are
0: you GPSing only through your Garmin inReach and not your phone? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Is there a reason why you prefer to do that? Um, just because you can make the calls, or?
1: Uh. Well, yeah. So before I used to, I used to run a G a GPS, and then I had an in-reach separately. Okay. So just in order to condense the gear, if you want, it, you know, in your pack, I just upgraded the garment, the Garmin InReach sure. Explorer, so I didn't have to carry a separate GPS. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I'm actually the opposite. On my cell phone, GPS track sure. all that. But it's certainly not ideal in all scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do if you drop your phone and the screen breaks? Or sure. um, if your battery dies, like, do you really have the time to sit there and then plug the power bank that I'm talking about in to give it enough juice to open it back up? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can't ever seem to save my maps right. Yeah. Like, I would do all the research <laughs> I need, so I'm, I'm saving the, the maps on my phone of where I'm going to go. And then I get out and, okay, this hasn't panned out like I thought it was going to be. I want to move to a new spot. And, of course, the spot you want to move to is just right on the line of the part of the map that you saved. So Mm -hmm. more and more, I'm considering going to uh, like an in-reach or or more of a handheld GPS opposed to the phone. The Mm -hmm. phone has worked for me because I'll I'll pull in different apps, uh, whether it's Google Earth. Um, I like uh, Topo Maps Plus, which is an app that that is universal for all the phones. Just to try to find different water sources. I the downside I would say about the handheld is you're kinda locked to the information that's on it.
1: Right, exactly. And when it comes to that, like a map, dude, call me old fashioned. I always have an actual physical paper map Mm -hmm. in my backpack. I think it's beneficial for what you're saying, as well as for on a hunting standpoint, dude, I just like looking at I just like having the big picture in front of me.
0: It's it's better. I've been getting into it now where I'll go out and I have. Sometimes I'll take the map. I don't have really a rhyme or reason to it. But as soon as I find something interesting, I've been marking it on my paper maps. Yeah, yeah. Just and stepping back and researching kind of where you have been. And maybe you could put a pattern to the water. Or if you're seeing animals, I'll mark on my map, mm-hmm. saw bear. Yeah. Like on the little spot that I saw it. And I guess I'm thinking, okay, maybe one day I can kind of compile all of that information and get something more out of it.
1: Uh, yeah, so... Um,
0: Do you got any type of those maps you prefer if it's...
1: Yeah, I use uh, Game Planner. Okay. Yeah, um, awesome, awesome system. And he, how he does it, Ed over there at Game Planner, you can get digital maps of the the actual physical map that you order from him, which then you can use on your phone. Okay, it, so
0: you buy a paper map, but there's also a digital version.
1: Yep, and then I you, didn't know that. You can uh, there's an app that he he'll tell you to use, and it'll show you your exact position on that map. Hmm. So when it comes to like navigating and stuff like that, like that's been incredibly helpful for me. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, and it piggybacks what's on basically the paper version. Yep. That's neat. We missing any other essentials? Um.
1: Uh, so depending on if I'm uh, I I'm mostly like ninety five percent of the hunting I do is bow hunting, but if I am rifle hunting, um, I might have some extra rounds in my pack. Yeah. Um. I'll have a lens cleaning little pencil thing a lot of people for my, for my rifle scope
0: I've made the mistake of not taking one of those and it only takes you to do that yeah, once yeah. before you have that in there um, and then
1: so with the bow hunts I, I usually have a spare release in my backpack Ooh. okay so I've I've actually before fallen on my release and had it jammed on me oh in the no field and almost my hunt was almost over so
0: like you had the backup
1: well no i didn't have a backup (laughs) back then i I was able that's when you learned yeah that's when you learned i got the allen wrenches out and took the release apart really (laughs) right in the field and fixed it so i got lucky but ever since then i'm like man i need to have another release with me just in case
0: yeah small small tools whether it's an allen wrench or a multi-tool i'll keep a leatherman in my pack Mm -hmm. just for you know as a useful tool but i also have a small set of allen keys i'm only taking that like when I went on my elk hunt last year is the archery hunt. There was so, I didn't have anything in my pack. I included the Allen keys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So sure. I
0: think my thought process was if I have my bow, I need this, everything tuned in. If I need to make any adjustments, I want to be able to do that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Part of what I was getting at with all of that, I, I'm encouraging people to create a checklist and I'm good at this. Sometimes I'm bad at it. Sometimes I have, checklist that I create I usually update it once a year or I'll update it depending on the hunt that I'm going on mm-hmm. um, but for the most part I see on your phone you pulled out a checklist I'm like a handwritten checklist mm-hmm. um, but I'm totally the type of guy that'll get halfway out there maybe like ooh, you know you get something that pops in your head I mean I've things I I'm telling people to put everything on your checklist like boots yeah I've gone all the way to my hunt and got there and like I don't have my boots with me because they weren't on the checklist. I was so <laughs> dialed into my checklist. I'm like, okay, I got the water. I got this. I got that. Didn't think about my boots. So the checklist to me, I get so excited before the hunts. I mean, especially like the the August bear hunt like mm-hmm. that. I got to live for that one. I, I get tunnel vision oh, of yeah. what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to accomplish. It's really easy to forget um, a key aspect. So somebody that's just getting into hunting, if they aren't as advanced to what we're doing. I mean, we've had the ability to live and learn through the experiences of mm-hmm. what we take with us. I, unfortunately the industry, is kind of deceiving and it's almost, what's the right word I'm looking for? It kind of pushes people off when you go to buy equipment. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's almost intimidating when you're trying to find the right products to use. Um, but there's a ton of information online. A lot of people are writing articles on it. You can find videos of it. Um, but, Do your research before you buy it, check the reviews, see what people are saying. For the packs, I think to me that is pretty much your most important tool. Because every other tool that you that is valuable to you, you're putting in there. Some people might argue obviously your weapon is important and all that, but to me your pack is absolutely essential and making the right choice on the pack is really critically important.
1: Well yeah, it's like, you know, your weapon, yeah, we go and we'll go and spend $2000 on a rifle setup to shoot it once right on a, on a hunt. You're wearing your backpack every single day. Right. Uh, most of the time like me, I wear my pack sometimes all day long. You know what I mean? So, and it's the same thing with the boots. Like those are your tires, man. You're you're using those all day long. Same thing with clothing. You're wearing that all day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like it, so it, it doesn't make sense to me sometimes when somebody will drop all these all this money on their weapon, but not something that they're actually physically using all the time. Hey, you never even... They might not even shoot on a hunt.
0: Right. <laughs> so and I'd also say when you're purchasing your pack and what you're considering what you're taking with you, how you're going to carry the weapon on your pack is really something that now I'm considering more and more. Um, because I've had packs that my firearm didn't connect to, or I, there was no... There was no sling for my gun to go in. And the XO I found in my rifle fits right in the side pocket. I don't know if it was like designed to do that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Then, then yeah. So I'm certainly considering one of the aspects when I'm purchasing this equipment is it going to be easier for for me to carry my gun or can Mm -hmm. I attach something to where I could connect my rifle to or my bow to? So Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing. You can get so caught up in all the pockets and the inches. Yeah. But, um, you know, once you're hiking out and you have that animal with you, and perhaps you don't need to have the firearm ready, you know, where are you going to be putting that? I think that's something that people should consider uh, when they're looking at the packs.
1: Absolutely. You mentioned carrying meat. I think that's something we kind of glazed over. Right. That's another super important thing about picking a pack. Yeah. Like, how how does it carry the meat? Does it carry meat?
0: So, jumping into that, like, I noticed, again, I'm using the XO, the 3500. I'm still, I don't think I'm using my pack right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I only say that because people have asked me questions about where I put the meat or how I carried it out, or maybe they've seen a picture of how they had it and made some suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, explain to people that maybe don't understand some of the benefits of having, like, a meat shelf, a meat shelf, or a location to put the meat in the pack. You want to maybe touch on that?
1: Yeah, so um, how, the, how the XO is set up, is this is going to be like an exo commercial. It's all right. No, uh, so how the exo is set up in all backpacks like that like that. Um the pack detaches from the frame. Correct. Okay. Now what you want like you want the heaviest part of your load closest to your back. Right. All right.
0: Weight distribution which we were talking about a little bit earlier. Yep. So
1: when you do that, you take the pack off the frame. the the frame actually has compression straps on it. Okay. And you cinch the meat down tight to the frame. From, yeah. from there you strap the bag back back onto it the frame right and the meat okay so what that's going to do is it, i mean you probably have stuff in the main compartment of your the main bag and stuff like that the heaviest parts right up against your back that's what you want if you had the if you had the meat say in the main bag okay you're going to get the sag you're going to get a sag it's going to yep it's going to sag and you're it's going to pull backwards and down which is what you don't want. You don't Which want to... I've experienced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that so that's what you want. Um some some packs out there.
0: And and this I know, I mean, I know we've mentioned XO a lot. There's other packs that have those systems. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, there, that's not
1: there's um you know, there's other packs out there that maybe the bag uh just kind of extends out from the frame. But more or less
0: similar to like what a pack frame is. Yeah. Like a pack frame itself, picture that meat attaches to it. The Mm -hmm. only difference is now your bag with all the contents is actually going on top of that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So we, we've kind of already discussed the cubic inches, um, some of the items that we're going to put into the pack. Let's talk a little bit about backcountry hunting. Um, to get into the backcountry, obviously it takes a little bit more resources. You're going to need your bare essentials, which we just discussed. So you're going to need all the, you know, all the important items that are going to make your hunt. But if we're going backcountry, obviously it's assumed that you're going to need additional resources <laughs> to go with you. you bet. It's going to be more weight. You're going to have to be more calculated on planning your trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have to understand the weight of your pack, how far you're going, how much water you need. To me, backcountry hunting is a whole nother monster. Yeah. Um, people are intimidated by backcountry hunting. Um, I know in my experience, one of the things I was intimidated about was just, can I actually prepare myself be in the Mm backcountry, to live um, back there on my own? Am I going to be able to make my checklist right so I have all the essential items? Um, Let's jump into that a little bit on what it takes to actually prepare yourself um, for backcountry hunting. Um, Like I said, we we have our essential checklist. We need to, now we're going to have to be able to organize our pack, distribute the weight. We're taking more items with us. Let's go over now some items that we're adding to the bag um, to take into the backcountry. So now we're going to add to the checklist. What are some of the most important items to you when we're stepping into the backcountry?
1: Well, so before, before we dive into the items that go into the bag, I think it's important to rewind a bit and talk about if you are planning on backpack hunting, something that is kind of kind of intimidating is people don't know how big of a bag to get. Right. Okay, so the general rule of thumb, if you're like, you know what? I want to do this backpack hunting thing and I think I'm probably going to do mostly like three to five day trips. Mm-hmm. The general rule of thumb is a thousand cubic inches a day. Okay. Okay. So if you're looking at doing, yeah, I want to do, I'm, a, I'm going to be a weekend warrior. Three to 5,000 cubic inches is going to be fine for you. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, if you want to stretch it out, you're going to need, you know, you're, you're going to lean a lot more, maybe a seven to 8,000 mm-hmm. cubic inch pack.
0: And it might also depend on the animal you're hunting, you know, elk or absolutely enormous yeah (laughs) you know so a backcountry elk hunt you're gonna need as much space as you could get on that
1: yeah so um now with the items as far as that goes um what's the weather right you know what i mean that's that's something you gotta ask like what time of year are you going out that's going to reflect the choice of sleeping system that you have okay all right so for me um what i've found to be a pretty a very round number in terms of uh, what I'm sleeping in, I run a quilt. Um, it's from a company called Enlighten- Enlightened Equipment. Um, it's is that a,
0: enough to like physically wrap up in though? Is your quilt yeah, enough? Absolutely, okay. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, uh, so a quilt. A lot of people don't know about the quilt thing. So, a quilt is basically, it's basically a mummy bag without the hood. Okay. And the bottom, the bottom is not there.
0: So you could stick your feet through. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, I run a 20 degree quilt. I found that to be pretty. I, I mean, I use that all year round. Um, Taking
0: the weather factor out, so let's assume that the weather's going to be good. What are we adding? Um like for me, obviously, you're going to need something to cook your food with. If it's a JetBoil system, JetBoil is a brand, but that's not the only system that's out there. I noticed you use the JetBoil system.
1: Yeah, I. So I used to use a JetBoil. Um, it worked great. Um, it's. It was also. I found it to be very big. Okay. And kind of clunky. Uh, so I actually moved to a, uh, a more ultralight type of approach. Um, the stove I, so the stove I use is Optimus Crux Light.
0: I actually saw that. And I take that back. That's You did have a different stove yeah. system.
1: Um, so once you start backpack hunting, right when you leave your truck... I feel like you automatically start asking yourself, like, how how can I make my pack lighter? <laughs> so 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 that was one of the things that I jumped on. Like a jet boil is like a pound, right? Yeah. This little stove that I'm running now is three ounces. Okay, so that's a big deal. Now there is a give and take with that. With a with something like a a system like a jet boil or like an MSR wind burner. Mm-hmm. Um you're gonna have a lot less effect with the wind. Okay. So you're gonna be able to boil your water. I saw
0: that, man. I was over here like stacking rocks and digging yeah. holes to try to get my flame from going out. Because yeah. it was it was windy where we were at. That wind was yeah. It was, it was, yeah. So that so that's how what you kinda of get used to, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know if you saw that on our hunt, but I had a I actually built a rock wall.
0: Well, I saw okay, so <laughs> I should I should say I saw that and I was like, Oh, okay, that's how you do that's how you defeat the wind. Yeah. I mean, I, I love backcountry hunting, man. I'm just not I'm not experienced as experienced as you are. It's something sure, sure. That I'm trying to get more into. Yeah, um, To try to keep this organized, we are adding to our checklist on what we're taking back country. We spoke a little bit about the sleep system. You're using the quilt. Yeah. I use just a regular sleeping bag, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I don't know. That's just what's comfortable for me. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I, Obviously, when you're going backpacking, you need to consider your shelter that you're going to take, yep. what you're sleeping on, mm-hmm. what you're sleeping in, Um, I'm a pillow type of guy, so I want the backpacking pillow when I go. And matter of fact, sometimes I'll take two.
1: I am Um, definitely a, uh, that's the type of man I am. Yeah, I I like a pillow. So so are
0: you using like a blow-up sleeping pad or the fold-up sleeping pad? Which kind of system are you using?
1: Yeah, so I'll run through everything you just said right now. So as far as shelter goes, um, I'm using a Nemo Hornet two-person ultralight tent.
0: And you, do you take the two-person for space for yourself, or so you want to be able to accommodate a second person in the future, or kind of both?
1: This is a great question, okay? So <laughs> this is something people get confused about. Now, you can go out and get a one-person tent if it's just going to be you. That's totally fine, okay? It's going to be very tight. It is. Okay, so... In general, a two-person is super perfect for one person. A two-person
0: feels like a one-person yeah, tent. That's why really, I asked that. Because I, really, I got a two-man. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, if you, like, and you can fit two people in a two-person tent, but you guys better be really good friends. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be cuddling. Yeah. So, um, so, I really like that setup. Uh, it's a, It's got dual vestibules on it, which vestibules, for me, in the backcountry, is absolutely necessary. It helps keep your stuff dry. I store my tent, my bowl in there when I'm sleeping. Um, besides that, sleeping pad. I'm running a
0: Thermarest Neoware X Lite. Is that something that you blow up yourself when yeah, you trying to get out there? Yeah, okay. it is. A,
1: it's a blow up one for sure. Um, it's very noisy. People complain about that, but I don't really. Yeah, th- it I mean, doesn't I'm not bother about me that. At that. All. The thing I like yeah. about
0: the blow up uh air pads opposed to the fold-up or roll-up is the space issue that we talked about earlier yeah I mean you can get the roll-up foam pads or the fold-up foam pads that are kind of dangling off the bottom of the pack but that's just that is a nuisance for me when I'm hiking it's like yeah. my heel hits it and I got to deal with it where like uh my current pad that I'm using is about the size of my fist maybe mm-hmm. a little bit bigger mm-hmm. and then it you know kind of blows up and it's perfectly comfortable for me Mine's kind of noisy too. I don't know. Maybe it's like has something to do with the air up pads, but it doesn't yeah, seem to know. bother me unless I'm thinking about it, which I am now, right. which is great because every single time I go on, I'm be thinking about how noisy this right. is. Right now,
1: um, so something super uh, important to think about with the pad. Um, you'll notice when you buy one, it, it uh, there's a thing called an R value.
0: I don't know what the R value is, so I'm kind of excited for this.
1: Okay, so the R value is what uh it kind of measures the insulation of the pad okay all right so and this is where the science of the quilt comes in all right all right so when you lay down on the ground about
0: to get some good backcountry stuff right here
1: when you when you lay down on the ground if you have say you're sleeping in a mummy a normal mummy sleeping bag
0: okay, okay. following
1: a down mummy sleeping bag when you lay down on that the down that you're laying on is essentially useless okay it, the insulation is completely taken out of it all right? That's what the pad's for. All right? So if you're... I like to run an R value of like three to four. Okay? this actually is what's going to keep you warm at night. All right? It's basically what it does is it re- it reflects the heat of your body back up through the pad and makes you nice and cozy, basically Got what I'm it. saying. Um, so the whole thing with the quilt is it doesn't have a bottom to it because why have it if you you're, it's useless, right? That's that's the kind of the thinking behind that. And I've run a quilt now for the past 2 years and I I got to say it works, man. I've never been I never been cold or anything like that. And some people complain about, "Oh, it doesn't have a hood." Man, I just wear a beanie. You know what I mean? If it's cold out, I will just wear a beanie or put my hood on. Right. You know what I mean? Um so the pillow, I'm I'm using a Sea to Summit Arrow Pillow, all right?
0: Sounds pretty fancy.
1: Dude, it's the it's the best $40 you'll ever spend. It's like, it's like probably, dude, I don't know, like two and a half inches long. Like when it's packed up. Oh, really?
0: Like compresses down to two and a half?
1: Yeah, it's like itty bitty. So it's it's definitely worth the money.
0: (laughs) Do you is your hunting checklist? I'm just curious about this. Is your hunting checklist fully inclusive of your backpack setup? So like I saw you pull out your phone and I was asking you, so I'm assuming your checklist is on the phone do you have like your backpack set up or do you have it separated it, or do you have just like the full hunt on there and then you kind of itemize it as you're going to go
1: yeah i kind of just have everything and then depending on what i'm doing like i'm obviously not going to bring a bugle tube bear hunting with me right you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i should just kind of get like take for depending on the situation
0: right you know? and i'll keep a. Uh, I'll keep a varmint call or a predator call, like of some type of varmint in distress in my pack at all times. A little mm-hmm. bit different than what we heard Bubba Jr. uses the squeaky toy. Right. That might be a lightweight ability to do it, but no, right. I usually keep, uh, like for example, you told us a story. You went out scouting and you saw the lion. Like had you had a tag and had you tried to want to get it closer, having that you know call is something that you're going to want to have in your pack. Um, utensils are pretty obvious. I mean, they make a ton of different things that you could eat your food with. Some people are like the plastic spoons. I prefer for some reason the metal. I don't you got to, you're smiling about this like you got a story.
1: Well this is you, you you wanted to talk about some of one like one of our favorite items. Okay. <laughs> this is mine. Okay. And it's the titanium long spoon. <laughs> okay. So when you when you start backpacking, whether it's backpacking, backpack cutting, whatever, you live in, you're living off your back, you tend to eat out of a lot of bags. Right. You know what I mean? So if you have a shorter spoon, you're going to get macaroni and cheese. Knuckles. Yeah, man, my
0: backpacking spoon, it's regular size, and now I'm thinking about it, like it folds up, and yeah. that part where it folds is crusted in yeah. whatever backcountry meal I was eating.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, dude, I love it. It's so simple. Just my wife got me a long spoon, a titanium long spoon for Christmas, and it's literally always in my backpack.
0: <laughs> so kind of to transition into that, I asked you when we were going out recently, I said, man, what are you taking with you? To the backcountry. I wanted to take a box of pizza, but that's not really plausible, you yeah, know. Probably not. Um, I'm pretty basic, but that's something where I'd like to elevate my game a little bit. Give us some tips on what type of food to take with us, uh, what's out there for people to purchase, and what are things that you're eating when you go backpack hunting. Okay, so
1: the thing that everyone probably knows very well is uh, the stuff like the, the freeze-dried meals like Mountain House and Backpacker's Pantry, th- right. that type of stuff. Um that stuff is good and all some people It's also kind of
0: expensive man.
1: That's what I was going to just bring up. It, it it also I mean if you're going on a 10-day hunt, you're you're looking at a 100 bucks just on dinners. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh definitely something, something to consider. I myself like I've never had an issue um with my some people have stomach issues. Okay, I'm that, I'm there but with that yeah. stuff, uh I've been lucky and I've never had an issue my <laughs> my brother can't say that. So Yeah. <laughs> um so, for me, I'll run through a whole day. Breakfast, I do one of two things. I either run a Belvita breakfast biscuit with a little Justin's almond butter. Okay. That's like... like about and
0: you're adding the almond butter for calories, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, and it just kind of breaks up the monotony of the dry cracker. Yeah. You know what I mean? I put it right on the cracker. That's freaking awesome, man. Yeah, you're um, always talking
0: about those. And then... I'm a I'm a fan for the breakfast. I'll get the little, uh, the little oatmeal packs. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah. Well, that... That's my second thing that I do. There you I'll, go. I'll do oatmeal, but I make my own. Okay, so I'll do uh,
0: like you go into like a, a Whole Foods or a Winco to pick up these. Th- okay. Yeah. So awesome, I'll d- man. I'll
1: do. Uh, I'll take a, a Ziploc, and I'll put a cup of rolled oats. Talking in. like
0: eight ounces a cup. Uh,
1: like literally, like a like a measuring a cup. Okay. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll put a cup of rolled oats, maybe some raisins, uh, chocolate or vanilla whey protein. There powder, you go. A scoop of that. Maybe some freeze-dried blueberries or something like that. Some cinnamon. And um, I'll just wrap that up. I you need to package up. that up and
0: start selling yeah, it. That dude, sounds all right. <laughs> right zip
1: it up. And then all you do, you just boil some water and add the water, man. And you're good to go. Let it steep for a little bit and you're you're off to the races. And for me, I've done the whole instant oats thing. Yeah. And they're delicious, right? Yeah. But I would always get hungry really fast afterwards. i have to
0: use two so like the little packs i get i'll mix two because i'm yeah. saying if i eat one right by the time i'm putting all my stuff away i'm already hungry yeah. again. so i i don't know i just
1: i feel like the roll dose it sticks to my stomach better yeah you know I mean? and i
0: know so you like the so i'm assuming then your lunch is like the bagels and stuff like that you recently posted about the peanut butter and jelly in the mountains i mean that's that's the classic so you got uh you got the bagels you're taking what else are you eating for lunch so so what i'll do before lunch
1: is i i actually will i actually kind of schedule my food out through the day okay And also, I'll do breakfast.
0: Let me just ask you real quick. Is there like a calories... Okay, so your body might make a difference, the size of your body. Mm -hmm. But is there a number of calories that you're tracking to take in when you go on the hunt? Do you have a set number you're using?
1: Yeah, like I use a range. Okay. So what I bring with me ranges anywhere between 2,500 to 3,000 calories. Okay, per day. Yeah, Okay. per day. So I'll do the breakfast and then a snack. So a snack could be, I look at a snack as like maybe like two, maybe like a Lara bar and a bag of trail mix. Okay. That's like a snack to me. And then after that, I'll do lunch, which is pretty consistently a bagel with peanut butter and honey (laughs) on it (laughs) with a protein bar. Okay. Okay. Then I'll do another snack, which is similar, if not identical to the first snack that I ate. (laughs) And then dinner. And for dinner, I do. I'll you know, a lot of times I'll just do Mountain House, uh, Heather's choice. Make some really nice meals, um, and then just recently, like last year, I bought a dehydrator, and I started making my own dehydrated meals. So
0: where do you come up with those dehydrated meals? You find in the recipes online, and it's
1: it's. There's not like there's certain things in my opinion that that and may, I'm probably wrong at this because I'm not a dehydrating master. Okay, okay. but like chili, that's a. That's a great thing to dehydrate. Okay. Okay. So that's what I've always done. I've done, um, I'll make like a, say, a venison roast and shred it. Interesting. Dehydrate that and then add, maybe I'll add uh, instant p- mashed potatoes to that. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. then you got like this meaty potato thing. That's awesome. Yeah. um And I just, so I just recently did that, man. I'll just like make a big crock pot full of chili, bear chili. Dehydrate that.
0: That's cool, man. That way you're in the field. You kind of feel yeah, like you're yeah. like you're just a little bit reminding of why you're out there and doing it. Right. That's and, cool, man. And
1: you can do spaghetti. Right, make some spaghetti. So it's so that for folks that may have like some issues with the stomach stuff, with the mountain right. house and stuff. This is a great option, man. You're gonna put some money up front to buy the dehydrator, but you're gonna save so much in the long run by making your own meals.
0: And the customizable aspect of it, of being able to kind of pick and choose what you're taking yeah. outdoors. That's that's super cool. I mean, I haven't really experienced that. I mean, I'm like to go to, I'll get like the packaged potatoes or the packaged noodles, something mm-hmm. real easy where you just boil water, add to it, but. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel as deluxe. I don't feel as if it's personal for me. So I could see why you guys are doing that. And then also in my food bag, um, I will always
1: finish the night off with... uh, You can use whatever you want. I use Wilderness Athlete, the Hydrate and Recover. Okay. It's a BCAA. Just make sure that you're going to not be super, super sore in the morning from what you did that day. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Which is, if you're on backcountry Arizona, man, odds are that, that first first day after hiking in, right. oh man, you're feeling it. Yeah, I don't hit the gym like all you guys do. So right. <laughs> for me, I'm like, all right, the first trip out there, that's kind of my warm up to the hunt. And you know, I'm going to be sore for, for the rest of the trip. Cool, sure. man. So I'm feeling a lot better about this stuff. We've, we've gone over our shelter, what we're sleeping in. We've gone over our food systems. Uh, what is absolutely critical is planning out the water. Oh, um, yeah, in right. a lot of these hunts, especially here, you don't have the ability to take the proper amount of water that you're going to need for the hunt Mm -hmm. so you have to understand where the water source is at where Mm -hmm. i'm going that's gonna if you haven't been there before i mean you're gonna need to get on like some of these map systems that we've talked about whether it be google earth Mm -hmm. and it's if you haven't ever been to this country before you are taking a calculated risk absolutely i've talked to you on hunts where you went in and you had to back out early you're like you know we couldn't find water yeah your hunt's over i mean or whatever whether you're scouting whatever you're doing at that point um It is absolutely vital to think that through. Where are you going to get the water? Once you get to that water, how are you going to get it? Mm -hmm. So I talked about in my essentials, I'm taking a life straw Mm -hmm. where you have to physically suck through. When you need to replenish a gallon of water, when you need to replenish water that's going to be for a set amount of time, maybe you're going to need water to cook with, you want to have water at camp, that life straw isn't going to cut it. I mean, unless you're going to actually physically sit there and <laughs> suck it out and then spit it back into a bottle. Right. That doesn't make sense. You need to think that through. Um, I have used the Platypus water system, which mm-hmm. I think is, I think those are pretty good. I mean, in yeah, the scale yeah, yeah. of the product and um, the bag, I, you know, you kind of had to swoop it into mm-hmm. the puddle. Gravity fed, so I hang it up, and then kind of goes through a charcoal filter, which is replaceable, and you can refill water bottles or whatever, have it, Um I'm going to carry at least a gallon of water with me. I think you said you were three liters. Um, I'm going to struggle on the way in to take a gallon, like give me a plastic, you know, one-gallon water bottle with a handle. Mm -hmm. That way I have up to a gallon to put water back into. Um, Unless, you know, whatever system you're using is specific to you. But how are you getting your water when you go into the backcountry? And what's a factor that you consider... I guess when you're looking for the water, I mean, are you planning out specific amount of water per mile, or is there anything you know? Is there any technique that people should consider when looking for water?
1: We sound like we're so we sound like we're from Arizona so much. I know, dude. just, we're just like, super
0: geared around where this water. But the reality yeah. of it is, if you want a backcountry hunt here, this is yeah. You know, you have to think about it. So,
1: in terms of now, if I get off course, reel me back in. Okay, okay I got but you. But in terms of locating water. You almost have to scout water as much as you're scouting animals, which is relatable, right? They're the two go, they go hand in hand, but, um, so I'll do, I'll make trips into these areas and after I'm done glassing for the morning, looking for bears or whatever, I'll go mosey around and check where I saw this spring on the map, right? Make sure that it has water in it. If it doesn't, time to go to the next The size
0: one. of the water and how you're filtering the water is, is pretty important, like, I noticed quickly with my system, if the puddle wasn't large enough, Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to get water. Absolutely. Because I had to, like, you know, you had to kind of scoop, I don't know, I'm showing you, like, my movements right now, but I had to scoop the water out of a puddle. Had I not had the ability to scoop the water out of the puddle, I would have had to either have something to physically kind of, you know, dump it into it. So that's another factor, okay? So here in Arizona,
1: when I do find the water... Which is oftentimes not a ton of water. Um, e- how are you going to get it? So I run a pump a lot here. If I'm going somewhere like Colorado, there's like at least where I've been, there's water just everywhere really? in Colorado. So I just I, I oftentimes I'll use just like a squeeze system. Okay. Um, like a like a B free from Katadyn or something like that. Right. Um, but here I use a, the filter I use here is a Katadyn Hiker Pro. Okay, just a little lightweight pump and i've filtered like out of a little silver dollar hole with that thing okay for water so
0: there's a right? pump physically sucking and pulling yes. it through the actual filter opposed to the hanging gravity fed yes. filter but you're still going through like a charcoal filter to yeah got yeah. it yeah
1: um which is kind of takes the the thought of how you know am i if you have something like a Sawyer or something like that how are you going to put the water in the bag right you don't have to worry about that anymore um so Besides that, like you, you mentioned, am I calculating how much water I'm drinking? Right. And the answer is yes. Okay. Um, for, for instance, on the hike that we just did, the hike we
0: did. You knew, man, right away. You like, you looked at your yeah. your bladder. You're like, I'm good, man. Here, take some.
1: Yeah. That's so, what
0: actually made me ask the question. I'm like, okay, obviously in his head, you got to figure it out.
1: Yeah, so the hike from my truck to camp was four and a half miles, I okay. think, something like that um i actually have areas along that trail i'm like time to take a drink when i get to this point
0: that is insane time
1: to take a drink when i get to this point. i
0: need water though. i feel like i need water the whole like yeah. i don't know if it's like i need a drink now I take 10 more steps i already feel like i need right a drink.
1: um so i found i figured out i do good with a liter on four and a half miles so on a three liter i'll have two liters by the time i get to camp okay On my hike in, I'll have the full 3-liter filled up, and I also will have a Nalgene bottle filled up, which is 32 ounces. Um, And then the time when I didn't know where water was, I also brought a full 2-liter bladder, okay, just to make sure that I had enough. And I knew with that amount, I would be good for three days, two nights.
0: That makes sense.
1: So and that leaves me with a liter. I just need a liter of water to get back to my truck. That makes sense. You know what I mean. So yeah, if you're hunting in areas that are where water is scarce, you kind of have to think it like that, man, because right. you don't want to run out. You know. Um, but when it comes to finding water, um, there's the maps. Okay, but don't be afraid to just kind of walk around.
0: Walk around or just glass. I've been in nope. times where I, I've glassed, okay, you just saw a little skimmer of water just yeah. because it happened, I puddled up right there. And,
1: and what I mean by walk around is not just walk around anywhere, but focus on canyon bottoms. And the drainages, right? The, the bottoms of drainages. Oftentimes, there'll be like rock bowls in the bottoms of these that'll right. pool up with water. That's money for you, man. Sure. You know, so, yeah.
0: Cool, man. Um, I feel like we've talked about a lot of different stuff. I don't know if we've covered everything... A lot of it again is is relative to what you're hunting whether you're getting ready to set up your tree stand i mean considering everybody's going to have their own preference on the type of optics that they're going to take with them i don't really want to get into that Um, for me generally speaking like you said i got the tripod i'm taking my binoculars anything above that i think is a personal choice to take with you but if you're glass and you're going to want to want the tripod do you have any tips for people preparing for a hunt of what they should do and Hopefully, I'm not stealing your tip because I didn't really set you up with this question. I'll tell you what I would do. Um, A tip that I'm going to tell people is get on Google Earth and measure what you plan to do. Okay? Use the tools that you have in front of you. Uh, It doesn't have to be Google Earth. I know Onyx has a feature to measure, but physically track out where you're going to walk before you walk. When I went and met you guys, what I did is I got on Google Earth, and before I went, I track my trail. How many miles is it going to be? Rather than trying to measure it on the paper map I want to use satellite imagery to kind of follow me on my trail where I'm going to go It gives me in my head a little bit of geographical understanding of the terrain. Okay, there's gonna be a rock slide here Okay, this looks like there's gonna be more pine trees. I know when I'm close to these pine trees I'm not gonna be far from camp for me it's like a little bit of a motivation in there because like you said earlier As soon as you get out of the truck, it feels like you want your pack to be lighter. (laughs) I'm thinking about that all the way up. I'm like, okay, this is... I just, for some reason, I get psyched out by the hikes. So part of me wants to create a couple little landmarkers. So I want to know, generally speaking, the the distance that I'm going and try to find some of the landmarkers through whatever technology you have. And I mean, a paper map can work too And looking at the drainages or Mm -hmm. looking at the topography. But do you have any tips for somebody on... How they should prepare for a hunt, other than using a checklist, or maybe other than surveying the stuff through satellites. Two things.
1: Um, first, a lot of this stuff, what you're what you're gonna notice, like as you dive into this this world of backpack hunting, a lot of this stuff is pricey. Okay, uh, particularly when you you're like, man, I I just want to get more lightweight. I want right. to get. It's real easy to throw money at things to do that. You can find a lot of this stuff used. Okay, if you go on like certain That's classifies and yeah. stuff like that. Um, also, as hunters, some, sometimes we are tu- we have tunnel vision and we only want to buy stuff from hunting companies. Right. Okay. Go on backpacking sites.
0: <laughs> <laughs> backpacking sites have awesome information on yeah, them. Yeah,
1: seriously, there's a lot of information, but like sites like I mean, I'll throw them out there, like Backpacker, uh, Backcountry.com. Okay. That's a great site. I get a lot of gear from there. Okay. Okay, so that's a great site to get shelters, uh sleeping pads, everything backpacking. Interesting. You are backpacking. The only thing that's different is you're bringing a rifle with, with you. With the intent to like, hunt like, an animal, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So like so pay attention to that stuff. And then once you actually get all this gear, my second thing is you need you you need to go test it out. That that can be in your backyard. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, but Make sure it works, I know man. guys
0: that have set their tents up in their backyard yeah. and slept overnight. Yeah, yeah
1: seriously. Be- well, so looking at tents.
0: Before you get in the field. Seriously, look yeah. at,
1: looking at tents, okay? If you go and you you pay whatever for some ultralight backpacking tent. They're not cheap. And you don't ha- t- take the time to learn how to set it up. Okay, let's say you're hiking in and there's a freaking thunderstorm that's yeah, rolling that's in. that's an excellent And tip. you have no idea how to set up your tent. Yeah. You know, so take the time to actually do a sleepover in your backyard, man. Like, I've done that I before. I told you I
0: just bought the new tripod. Yeah, I didn't set it up once before I went out and I was out in the field and it's funny because as I if you remember as I was walking up, you guys were sitting there Uh and you're like, right when I got to camp, phone calls like, hey, we got a bear. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, you know, I got I'm shaking. I'm all excited. I'm like juiced up. Right. We sit down. I take my pack off. I pull out this new tripod. Mm -hmm. And I was like, only thing I had done to this was put my adapter on it because I thought, oh, it's just a tripod. I had no idea. So it took me, you know, like Mm -hmm. it felt like a year yeah to get glassing with you guys and it's like i, I thought to myself you know, i should at least set this thing up at home and get a little bit more familiar that's an excellent point
1: yeah yeah so i mean sleeping pad especially if you're buying stuff used if you buy a used sleeping pad make sure there's no holes, no in, holes it. in it make sure it's functioning <laughs> do what you want so. one thing
0: i'm surprised not really either of us talked about on this so a tool that i added to my toolbox so to speak that i used to kind of look down on i i don't know say look down but trekking poles okay yeah trekking poles to me like don't seem cool or yeah. something no i don't they're, they're, they're not, not cool they're not cool <laughs> you use the trekking poles and all of a sudden you have this revelation like what have i been doing Oops, um yeah i don't know i'm interested curious your thoughts on this i actually like one trekking pole opposed to using two interesting um because i can easy shift hands um for some reasons, two kind of feels like a burden to me okay I think part of it also might be because ever since I've been using trekking poles, not all my hunties ha- hunting buddies have been using trekking poles, so I'm like, here, take one. Oh, there you go. You know, so now I'm, like, used to just using one. Um, you got a trekking pole you like? I know that you're using them. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I use a uh, black diamond, I think it's called the Carbon Z. Okay. Folds up super small. They're 12 ounces. That's it. Mine are, mine, are, <laughs>
0: mine are sixteen ounces, so you shedding a little bit of weight. I just got mine online, yeah. whichever ones I could find on. It's mine were only like fifty bucks, man, and they're they are holding up nice. Yeah, it's
1: not. And, and you know, when I I never ran trekking poles before. I was like the guy that was like, "Why? What, what's that dude doing over there with ski poles walking around in the hills?" Right. right. But um, no joke, they they really do make a massive difference uh, going uphill, downhill, saves your knees. You know, you can just trek through the mountains a lot better. We as hunters, our one of our biggest goals is to fill our tag, right? Right. When you you will bow to trekking poles. Once you have Once the, you're... that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you have the
0: weight on and you're going and yeah. you have the poles and yeah. maybe you almost slip and you catch yourself. Absolutely, Or just yeah. the stabilization aspect that you're questioning, you're like, man, how come I haven't used these before?
1: Yeah, it's a safety thing. I, I, I'm even not, uh, not packing meat. I, there's been quite a few times when, like, maybe I was crossing a creek or something like that, and I slipped. And the trek because I have the trekking poles, I didn't fall. Right. You know, it just kind of saved me. So, um, so yeah, and I just hike super fast with trekking yeah. poles, man. <laughs> you
0: hike super fast in general, man. I can't keep <laughs> up, but you also prepare yourself a little bit better. Um, Josh, this has been awesome, man. I, I we have covered a ton of information. Have we left anything out? You think?
1: Um, yeah. So something. Something that I had down here that we didn't cover was, well, two things. One is very minimal. We never talked about fuel. Oh, geez. For your your stove.
0: Okay. Like the type of propane that you're using. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, like, I mean, it's like whatever. You can get a small can or a big can. I usually get a big can. On a small can, you can get uh, what I've noticed uh, five days if you're alone out of that. And that's like, say you make coffee in the morning and dinner. Yeah. And then with a big can, um, man, I don't know. I probably...
0: <laughs> like, I haven't ran out yet.
1: Yeah, no, seriously, it's a lot of fuel. Um, put it this way. I went on a eight-day hunt with my brother. He didn't have a stove, and I just took one big fu- fu- fuel canister. Right. And we didn't need fuel. So it's interesting. So there you go. Um, other than that, something we didn't mention was a food hanging system.
0: Okay. You know, I saw you do that... Um, and you're a good friend, so I could be honest with you. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, he's kind of, be, I thought you were being a little bit over cautious. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, my time in the backcountry hasn't provided me with enough, enough experience um, for that ability aspect. Mm-hmm. Or, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. It hasn't provided me the opportunity to understand why it is necessary. Okay. So my first thought, I'm like thinking, gosh, like, why are you hanging that up? Like, we're not going to get any bears in camp. But I actually started thinking about this a little bit. And I'm like, okay, you can get ants, you can get bugs, mm-hmm. you can get mice, mm-hmm. uh, birds. Well, I guess birds probably still get it if it's hanging. But the point is, there's other critters that could get to it. Proceed with your thought on that.
1: That's the that's the thing, right? Yeah, all y'all showed, showed up up there, and it's like, oh, this dude's like paranoid or something?
0: That's what I first thought, you yeah. know? But I But I kind of considered, okay, there's probably a little bit more that goes into this.
1: Yeah, so in general just in general, not even talking about the food hanging system, I try to keep a very very clean camp. Okay. And yeah. Okay, you're out there in bear country. If you have a dirty camp, you're kind of inviting disaster. Right. Okay. Um however, and and that's just not for bears, man, like coyotes, raccoons, squirrels, there's, there's whatever, other
0: critters out there that are scent what, driven.
1: Whatever, man, you know what I mean? So, um that's why I hang my food because that's the only food I have. Yeah. You know, and if I come back from hunting, and my food has been raided by, say, mice, dude, I have to go back to the truck. I don't want to do that. That's devastating. It would be devastating. You know what I mean? So, um, from what I've talked to, I've talked like just like backpackers, they're not necessarily worried about stuff like bears. It's like birds and stuff and squirrels right. that they're worried about mice, rodent. which makes sense. Um, and so what I do, the tip that I got from them is to use a bag you cannot see through okay so I'll use a uh, Sea to Summit dry bag it's airtight birds and squirrels or anything like that they can't actually see through the bag and okay. see food that's that's what i'm they, following that makes sense yeah that's what they told me they're like you know it tends to be if like like a raven or something can actually see through the bag and see what's in there like he'll poke they're at a little it. bit more enticing yeah. out of so, sight out
0: of mind it works for the bird yeah
1: so i mean dude you know i've been doing this for quite a bit now i've never had any food get messed with by hanging it so there you go i'll use uh just a little carabiner with paracord throw that over a branch in a tree and Hoist it up, hoist the food up into the tree. You know I, what I you
0: promise know. next time I'll we'll be a little bit more thought out you when we're it, sharing a camp, right? You know I'll get it mean? elevated <laughs> with you. Cool, so, man. Yeah. Well, one thing that we completely overlooked that's kind of coming to surface is the clothing that you're going to take on the hunt. Right. Clothing is super critical. We have talked a little bit of, about being prepared with the weather, but how much clothes are you taking on the trip? Are you taking multiple pairs to change from? Uh, give us a little bit of information on how you're preparing the clothing for the hunt. I'll tell you, for me, I'm still creating my kind of camo system and Mm -hmm, my camo layering mm -hmm. system, Um, but I have learned just in my experience having some antimicrobial, whether it's the merino wool or some type of system, I've benefited from that. Mm -hmm. I've gone to the merino wool socks to kind of get a little bit more life out of it. Mm -hmm. But what are you doing as far as a clothing system for your backpack hunts?
1: So, when you say clothing system, I think that's the most important thing. Okay. Is is to actually have a system in place. Um, Your system is going to keep you cool. It's going to keep you dry. Right. It's going to keep you warm. It's going to do everything for you. Okay. So, I think it's super important to have that kind of figured out beforehand. Now, by a system, I mean you have your base layers. All right. So, I usually run, I'll usually run like two base layers. Um, This is going to, help wick moisture, sweat away from your body, which is going to, in turn, make you warmer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, two base layers, and then I'll throw an insulation layer over that. All okay. Right? So that right there, for as far as like my top half goes, that pretty much gets me through 95% of the year. It makes sense. So I'll run a, uh, a Yano, a First Light Yano, First Light Chama, and then a First Light Uncompadre Puffy. Okay. That right there is, like,
0: pretty bulletproof. And I'm really drawn to the first light stuff because of the Merino, you know, yeah. the Merino aspects. Yeah. I know that there's a lot of other camo companies. Yeah, I don't sure. want people to feel like we're, like, forcing something down their no, throat. no, no We're no, really, no. I'm no. really not. These are just, like, examples. Right.
1: Like, just so you know, you, you can, like, take this information and go look at some other companies. Right. It doesn't matter. And then for pants, I just use, I either wear a Merino pant or a uh, synthetic, um, Rain gear, that's another thing. On backpack hunts, call me paranoid. I never go on backpack hunts without rain gear. Right. Uh, Because I feel like it's kind of like your mobile tent. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you get, because no matter what the weather says in town, you get into the mountains and things can change so Absolutely. fast. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I've had to say like zero percent when I leave, and then I get back there and it starts hailing. <laughs> so like, it's
0: better to be safe than sorry yeah. with the rain gear, and it it doesn't weigh anything. So no, it yeah. doesn't.
1: So I'll I'll wear either the obsidians or the corrugate guide pants from First Light, and then the rain their rain gear along with that. And then you mentioned uh, how many changes of clothes are you bringing
0: yeah i mean which my first before i got into this it was like are these guys wearing the same pair of clothes for five days straight yeah some people are wearing the same pair of clothes for five days straight which i thought was interesting
1: yeah and that's what that's kind of the reason why i uh started looking at like more like high-end clothing because of that right because literally because of backpack hunting um You can't be bringing a suitcase worth of clothing back there. You know what I mean? So,
0: for so many reasons, for space reasons, for weight reasons, it just doesn't make sense.
1: It's, yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, I'll, so yeah, dude, I'll run the same clothes for 10 days. Okay. The only things that I will change out is uh, like on a 10 day trip, I'll bring probably two pairs of underwear. Okay. Merino underwear. Right. um, And then I'll bring. Man, dude, I've done two pairs of socks on ten days, and just wear them one day. When I go to sleep that night, I'll hang those up in my tent and on a paracord, and then wear the fresh pair the next day. And I interchange them every single day. Sure,
0: I have to have new socks every day. Yeah, <laughs> so I think so that that's that's a preference thing. I wear
1: yeah, marina the same thing with the socks. I'll I I'll get
0: marina away socks, with so. like one outfit, but I got to change the socks. I mean, that's just a it's that's cool. just me. Hey, so.
1: yeah, everyone's teach their own, man. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing as far as clothing goes. So it's It's and, an
0: important aspect, and, like, you told me the other day, I mean, one thing to say about camo, like, to me, the pack is super important, but your clothing goes with you on every single hunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think it's just, like, the gear... Uh, the backpacking gear. I think it's important to test that stuff out. Test your clothing out so you know.
0: I just bank on you to write an awesome article right. and tell me how it's gonna be. But you're right, man. You got to test it out.
1: So yeah, dude. Like if you're going out there on a scouting trip or something like that, and it's 20 degrees, pay attention to right. what makes you comfortable. That's gonna let you know. Hey, if I'm going on a backpack hunt and it's supposed to be a re- maybe the lows in the 20s, I know that if I wear this right here, I'm gonna be okay. Right. You know. Other than that, I guarantee you, you will pack your fears. Right. Which is not, I mean, it's just not, you don't want to get in the habit of doing that. You know what I mean? Because then you're just taking unnecessary stuff with you.
0: We got a couple, we have just a little bit of time left. And I think one thing that we should touch on real quick, we've gone over, I mean, in my mind, we've gone over enough to go hunting. Sure. Right. So we got everything we need to go hunt. We figured out what's in the bag. Obviously you're going to need your tag and whatever weapon you're hunting with. Right. Right. How should we distribute this weight in our pack? Now, we know what we're taking with us. Should we be concentrated on heavy, having the heavy items uh, in a specific spot in the pack? We talked a little bit about making sure the meat's closer to your pack mm-hmm. or closer to your back to, mm-hmm. so your body could support the weight. But when we are physically putting the items in our, in our pack, say we're preparing to go out, what is the rhyme or reason? Because I know there's a way to how you're going to distribute that weight in our pack real quick.
1: Um, so at the bottom, I'll put the quill. Uh, you want your lightest items on the bottom. Okay. And then, on top of that, I'll go like sleeping pad, uh, stove, and my tent. I'll put the tent right in the center above that. The that tent, makes sense. For me, my tent in there—that's that—is the. It's not that heavy, but it's the heaviest part, and that's kind of what you want. To I need, <laughs> need to update
0: my stuff, man, because the tent—I don't think—is the heaviest the, thing in my pack. But the,
1: yeah, my well, yeah, mine's my tent's three pounds. So yeah, but. So, yeah, you want the lightest stuff on the bottom, heavier stuff in the middle, in the center of the backpack. Correct. And then I'll throw, like, miscellaneous items on top of that. And then, like, for tent poles and stuff like that, I'll put that in the side pockets of the pack. Trekking poles will do the same thing. However, I'm usually using those on the way in, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, And then uh, a spotting scope. I usually bring a, a very lightweight spotting scope with me. That'll go in a side pouch um toilet trees will go on the side and i usually how i like to do it on the top um i like to keep my food in the in the lid for the day just super easy access okay and i'll also will less
0: likely to get crushed up there too
1: right and i'll also keep my water filter at the top of the main pack so it's easy to get to that makes sense
0: so okay to dig it out yeah i mean piggybacking on what we talked about at the very beginning picking a pack that has a a system that supports your weight It is, I've found it's really important to evenly distribute the weight and having it on your back. I mean, the more comfortable you are, the better you could distribute the weight, the better you're going to feel once you get to camp, the better you're going to feel in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate you sharing that information because that's something that I overlooked. In fact, I actually never thought about it. I I would literally just throw stuff in my pack, but I've noticed a difference from distributing the weight, like you said, putting Mm -hmm. the lightweight stuff at the bottom, kind of centering the weight on the pack, And then also ratcheting down your pack the right way so the items don't slosh and and move back and forth It's really important to make sure you center that weight correctly on your body because it's going to pay off in the life of the hunt. When you're packing out and you're exerted, what you will appreciate is all the small things that you've done to save energy and, you know, to kind of make that experience more comfortable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, something that people overlook a ton, actually learn how to put your backpack on right. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people out there. I see tons of photos of dudes like <laughs> packing out elk or whatever they're they're packing out, and their pack is just not right. Right. You know, and to me, I'm looking at, it, I'm like, dude, you are just, you're just like a glutton for punishment. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like. That pack has a lot more potential, you know. So um, actually learn how to do that, man. And something that I would suggest when you're, like, actually doing that, fitting your pack, put about 30 pounds in it. That's kind of what it, the kind of the benchmark you want to look at when you're doing that. So.
0: Cool, man. Uh, hey, Ben, I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing this information with us. Uh, yep. it's, it's always good having you in and hearing your insight. You're a prepared guy, so I think people will appreciate uh, the time you spent with us today.
1: Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me anytime.
0: Cool. Uh, Appreciate everybody listening if you could do one thing if you appreciated any of the input that we've provided or any of the content Go ahead and give us a like or comment on it And more importantly if you like what you're hearing from the chase share this information with your friends Uh, We really want to try to get the word out about the podcast and we want to get more people tuned in Other than that. Thanks for tuning in and you guys have a great night